0: Informative. Hello and welcome back to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. I'm Jamie Hearn, and today we have the pleasure of chatting with Paula Jean Ferry. Paula is one of the most awkward people you will ever meet. I don't think that's true. I think she's super cool and really easy to talk to, but that's just my opinion. (laughs) She often screams and makes animal noises in public, sometimes even during work meetings and church services. Having been in, having, sorry, I can't read today. It's like a snowstorm and it it like creates all this dysfunction. Having been in multiple awkward situations, she has become a master at the weird and uncomfortable. I kind of enjoy that space, really. So let's lean into it, right? Well, always an oddball, the uncontrollable noises started her senior year of high school. At age 24, she was diagnosed with Tourette's syndrome. Growing up in a small town called Logandale, it wasn't always easy to stick out so much. So upon graduating from high school, she went from small town to small town, attending Snow College in Ephraim, Utah, before transferring to, I don't even know how to say this, somewhere cool in Hawaii that she'll have to tell us about, to finish her undergrad in International Cultural Studies with an emphasis in communication at BYU-Hawaii. I didn't even know BYU had a Hawaii campus. All of this fascinating stuff I'm learning already. Paula Jean currently resides in Wyoming with her husband, where she not only writes, but sings, dances, hikes, watches old movies, and dreams of the day she can go back to Hawaii and travel the world. Paula Jean is actively involved with her church, attending not only Sunday meetings, but serving in the temple and leading the choir in her congregation. She also loves her visits home to hang out with her family and the three coolest nephews in the world. Awesome. Shout out to being a fun auntie, right? (laughs) Welcome. And I want to start our conversation with explaining that Paula Jean is a pen name. So can you tell us some more about that and let us know how how to refer to you?
1: <laughs> so my legal name is Jessica Bear. Um, that's a name that I took on when I married my husband. Um, I thought it was much cooler than my, I called it my witness protection name of Jessica Smith. <laughs> you and of us. 12
0: million other Jessica Smiths. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Right. Um but having been recently married, uh, I started publishing with this completely anonymous name and I wanted to be visible online. Um and I mentioned you mentioned that I have Tourette syndrome. I actually refer to them as Paula because they have their own personality and all of their own quirks. So that's super uh, I, interesting. <laughs> it is really interesting it's completely fascinating it it became uh, an entire semester of just study for me Um, i was diagnosed in college and so i took a semester to write about tourette syndrome and how it affects communication tying that in with my major Um, it's a fascinating topic Um, but when i was writing that i had very supportive professors who said there's really nothing like this in the field you really should get this published um So I expanded that paper into my first book that I, again, wanted to be visible online. I wanted people to see it. And since Paula was kind of the inspiration for that, (laughs) uh, I figured she should be the author. (laughs) So I created a a whole pen name and a persona um, for my my business around this name. Um, And then I just kind of kept going with it. Publishing was probably the most addicting adrenaline rush i've ever experienced and i had to do it again and so it became my life
0: <laughs> awesome so now you you told me we chatted before and i told mm-hmm. jessica paula whoever wants to chat um i told them don't don't use up all the nuggets we we want to share all of this magic with our audience so you did tell me that you're starting to work in biographical fiction or is it fictional biography tell me all again please
1: (laughs) so technically like the the most known category is historical fiction and then it's kind of a sub-genre of biographical fiction it's very small very niche there's not a ton of authors that really write in this space Uh, but there are a few i have found a few and i i love this concept we take a real person and we don't always know everything about every person's life. So we kind of fill in the gaps. Um, I read one by a woman named Marie Benedict called the girl with the pearl earring based off Mm. of the woman in the painting by Vermeer. Um, Cool. You know, we, we know nothing about this woman except for that. She's this famous, beautiful painting. Who was she? Um, So I'm kind of doing the same thing with mine. Again, mine's kind of stemmed from this concept of Tourette syndrome i am taking the first recorded case of Tourette syndrome um, her name was Ernestine Prendre de Germont uh, she lived in 1800s france and we know next to nothing about her life and i am filling in those gaps and kind of creating her story
0: that's fascinating um so can you tell us a little bit about Tourette's for anyone who's listening who doesn't have some working knowledge about it? Like, absolutely, give, just give us the, the the down and dirty on it.
1: <laughs> so it is a neurological condition. Uh, despite becoming an official diagnosis in 1885, they still there's still so much in the medical field that that they don't agree on. They don't necessarily know what causes it, how to cure it. Uh, It depends on the doctor that you talk to. Uh, There's actually even still doctors that don't believe it's a thing that think that we're faking it. Um, But basically, (laughs) yeah, it's a thing. Um, There's a lot of people who still think that we're possessed by demons. I know people who their parents have performed exorcisms on them, but it is a neurological condition. (laughs) Our brains are just wired a little bit differently. And those electrical currents um, cause us to every once in a while without our control um make vocalizations make sounds um i tend to repeat a lot of t- ter- like sounds that i hear i can sound like my time clock at work i can sound like um sound like a dolphin i sound like a dog i sound you know i i repeat sounds uh that's not always super common the most common one that people know about is the swearing form of Tourette's where people will just like blurt out obscenities um but we also typically will have a physical tick that goes along with that, something physical that we can't control. Um, so like I've got a shoulder that'll just jerk forward every once in a while, I'll shudder, look like I'm cold. Um, there's excessive mm. blinking, there's um you know, there there's a a huge variety. Like every person with Tourette syndrome, their symptoms are gonna be different.
0: And I mean, this is how. Uh, my education has come about on Tourette's, but the girl on 90 Day Fiancé has Tourette's. I don't know if you've ever seen her. I haven't seen it. Um, Yeah, that's one of my secret indiscretions is like (laughs) silly show, 90 Day Fiancé, don't tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, But I love that it's getting more visibility, whether it's 90 Day Fiancé or us talking on a podcast about it because mm-hmm. it's it's something that i think has had a stigma and it's atrocious to me that there are doctors that that say oh that you're making this up like seriously <laughs> right if i'm going to make something up probably having an uncontrollable movement is not going to be it right like right <laughs>
1: yeah so it's it's fascinating some of them will think that there's something like psychological like you say that it's linked to sexual trauma some people will say like that you just need to eat healthy and exercise and they'll go on like super crazy strict diets and they've seen it disappear. Um, when there's actually a lot of children that can just grow out of it. Um, mm. so it's it's very commonly seen as a childhood disorder. But um, I actually started at 17, like I kind of reversed that. There, there mm. are also a huge community of adults with Tourette syndrome as well. Like, not everybody grows out of it. That's also a small percentage. But well, and that seems
0: Like a trauma in itself to be diagnosed at 17, like when teenage years are tough.
1: So, I didn't actually say I was diagnosed at 17. I started making noises at 17. I was diagnosed at 24. Got it. So, there was this huge gap of seven years where I just didn't know why I was doing these things. I thought they were hiccups at first, and then they started to change and they did not sound like hiccups.
0: Oh, (laughs) interesting.
1: Yeah. It was a process. It was a process. (laughs) Hmm. So I know I
0: butchered your, the town that you lived in, in Hawaii, but
1: I want to go back to you were, were you living in Hawaii when you were diagnosed? I was, I was diagnosed uh, by the school psychologist. Um, That was a mess in and of itself. (laughs) You won't necessarily go into that story. Um, but the the school psychologist is the one he pulled out the the DSM, which is ha- lists all known disorders um, and Tourette's syndrome is in there. But we ticked off all of my symptoms. There's basically four things that'll classify it as Tourette's syndrome. There's a vocal tick, a physical tick, onset before age 18. so I barely missed that one. Um, and there's no really rhyme or reason to the pattern that these are happening. So. so
0: what happens to the poor person that's diagnosed or, or onset? I keep using the term diagnosed and that's not accurate. But <laughs> what, like, what happens if it starts at 19? You can't be in the so category.
1: I just don't think that they've seen it happen. Um, I've talked with people who have worked in the Tourette syndrome field for over 40 years, and I am the third person that she had met that started after the age of 15. Mm. So I think I just don't think that it happens. So, I mean, I don't know if that's still a classification. The DSM is updated every few I don't know how often they update it but I know that it wasn't the first edition and it's not the last right so.
0: <laughs> they need that book so yeah you know. <laughs> um so when you were living in Hawaii mm-hmm. tell me about that like what was that like did you have any cool experiences
1: lots I mean it's Hawaii like how do you not have cool experiences over there I've never been stop teasing me. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, I, random fact, I actually met my husband over there. Um, I was going to school. He was working on a project. Uh, he'd been born there, but then moved to Wyoming when he was like seven. Oh wow. uh, So, and then we lost touch and then reconnected, um, just, when did we reconnect like last year? And then because we'd had that background, he was my best friend. Like things just kind of happened fast. Um. Cool. So that was a cool experience, like actually meeting my husband and having my best friend be someone that became such a significant part of my life. Um, I mean, every detail about Hawaii, you could turn into a story. I lived in a house with nine girls. Um, Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> it was a crazy little house. Um you know you can go to the beach in the morning and then all of a sudden you're going to have this like terrible thunderstorm and nobody wants to go outside because it's just pouring buckets and buckets of rain um you know the things that I learned the people that I met um I loved being in the minority for once um just being around all of my school had only 2500 students from over 70 different countries oh wow Right. It was so cool. Like that was just such a great experience being around people from all over the world, gaining all of these different uh, perspectives and understandings. And um, I mean, it, it is a BYU school, but like not everybody is a member of the church uh, that that founded BYU. Um, so even I think we had a student body president um who was actually a Muslim once, which was oh, super cool. cool. Like, Mustafa was great. We loved him. He was awesome. So seeing all of these different world perspectives was just
0: so cool. And I'm sure enriching for some of the work that you're producing in the world.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I I learned so much and I grew so much as a person just by seeing like what I'm not like, I never really considered myself much of an American until I lived with Japanese girls. And I'm just like, Oh, that's an American thing. I'm very American. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) Surprise. Right. Like I I knew that like subconsciously, but just having it like glare at you in the face is something completely different.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I would love to visit Hawaii for a whole list of reasons. Um, so if I'm going to go, I'll look you up and you can give me some pointers.
1: Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Let's talk
0: about the, the work that you're producing now. You've, you've been a published author for a long time. So that's super cool and a really proud accomplishment. And now you're starting to shift genres. So what compelled you to do that?
1: Um, I think it did kind of stem from just this Mm -hmm. deep seated curiosity, um, doing this research on Tourette syndrome and how it affects communication. I I stumbled upon this, you know, the history of it from, they only had her in medical records as M Dampierre, which which was her husband's name. Um, Her full legal name was actually unknown until about two years ago. but I've just kind of always had this like connection and curiosity. Like, I just want to know more about this woman. Like, why don't we know more? Like, how is she nowhere to be found? Um, it was kind of almost frustrating, but the more that I tried to like look her up, the more that I tried to find like the less there was until Mm -hmm. I actually found her name. And all of a sudden, um, you know, there it is. And I, I kind of stumbled upon her name. I don't even remember how it was almost kind of by accident. Um, But now that I all of a sudden had all of this information, it was almost like this woman herself dropped the name into my lap and has been like whispering over my shoulder, like, Hey, like, I know my name was Ernestine, but have everybody call me M like, and I've started to find that back then in France, they would often use their second name more commonly than their first name. Yeah. Um, so like her legal name was Ernestine. That's what her mother called her. But those that were close to her used her middle name, which was Emily. Um, yeah. So everybody called her M. And I'm just like, I love wow. it. And then I was able, like, I would almost, it wasn't like, an auditory thing, like it was just kind of a knowing, but almost like I was hearing it type of situation. Um, But, you know, I would, I would hear these things and then I would find the verification online, like in my research. So it's been a really cool experience to kind of feel like this woman has been leading me and almost telling me like, this is my story. It needs to be heard. It's important.
0: It, it gives me goosebumps to think about like you bringing life and and visibility to her story and the impact that that can have on the masses, not just you and her, but like the world.
1: <laughs> and I think part of the reason why I've been so fascinated with her story is because, um, you know, she, she was a noble woman in France, which first of all, that's kind of a sketchy time to be a noblewoman in France. (laughs) Like it was, she was born just after the French revolution. Um, But she didn't hide herself at all. Like she, she was still out in public. She would still go to services. Um, I've since been able to find like little clips of things that she would say. She once received an award for like an artistic something or another that she was doing. And she cussed out Napoleon's son yeah uh, that's <laughs> awesome
0: <laughs> right she is I mean, my new spirit animal i love her
1: she is so cool but like coming from a culture where she was a noblewoman and trained to be a certain way she was so key to gaining a name and a diagnosis for this disorder because before it had always been common folk And they hadn't been trained. You could just blame it on their bad background, why they were doing these things that were unacceptable. Um, But because she was a noble woman, it totally changed the narrative and made it something that was studied. And it became an official diagnosis a year after she passed away. She was born in 1800, died in 1884. And in 1885, Tourette's became a diagnosis.
0: So it was kind of like her life's impact and life... You know, yeah. Maybe not her mission during her lifetime, but sounds like it's become
1: her mission in the afterlife. Right. Um, It's definitely had a, a global impact. I mean, seeing even just the fact that there is a diagnosis sometimes can provide so much relief for people who just don't understand why am I doing this? Why can't I control it? Um, Putting a name on it helps so much. Yeah. Um, and, and that was all because of her.
0: And the community that other people are experiencing the same mm-hmm. thing. You're not alone.
1: Right. Absolutely. And the the communities that I've seen online, there are so many people who still just hate this disorder, who are so ashamed of it. And it's so hard. And, and yes, it is. You know, I, I know girls, um, there's a girl in Georgia that I was communicating with at one point where she had the swearing form of Tourette's and she would use the N word a lot in Georgia oh, no. and was beaten up almost every day oh, as a that's result, awful. you know, and it, it has kind of just become this place to moan and vent. Um, whereas this woman, was not ashamed of it she would still go out in public I mean in the middle of church services she would say that's enough father shut up father (laughs) we don't necessarily know if that was the Tourette's or if she was just ballsy but either way I love her (laughs) I know right (laughs) like I love this woman so much and it's been so much fun to a get to know her to b write this story and You know, I, I, it's not published yet. I'm hoping to publish it on her birthday, which is in August. So if not this August, then, you know, next August is when I want to publish it. Um, But to see. She's
0: ready. She said this August is, is, she's good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. But I mean, the editing process can take a hot minute. Like I just finished the first draft. (laughs)
0: She's like, okay, get cracking,
1: right? But That's I mean, a- again, I've kind of felt that <laughs> on my shoulder for the past several years as I've kind of uh, built and established myself as a writer. I, I self-publish, and um, so I had to learn how to put out a quality product. Like I've had to work with mentors. I've had to kind of figure out um, how to how to gain a following and an audience. So I have people that I can talk to. You know, when I first yeah. published in 2016, I wasn't doing podcasts um that's something that i'd learned and incorporated a little bit later down the road <laughs> yeah and and here you are now right so she she definitely wanted that that aspect uh to be in place but now that it's here she's like finally you're okay. just do this
0: <laughs> right and she's like yeah go talk to the girl who wants to talk to dead people that's that's <laughs> where we want to be <laughs> right
1: <laughs> i love it
0: Huh, That's awesome. Yeah. So where can people learn about the works that you have published and follow along as you grow on this
1: journey? So, um, everything within my author business, um, is kind of under the pen name of Paula Jean Ferry. Uh, I am considering putting, uh, my, my name on the cover of my fiction now that I'm kind of shifting genres just to kind of keep that consistent. Uh, but the, the publishing company, um, is, is Paula Jean Ferry. So everything will be on my Paula Jean Ferry website. Um, I've got a Facebook page that I've been terrible at updating one <laughs> fun, fun side note about Tourette syndrome. Um, some doctors will put it on the autism spectrum, which I've totally put myself on the autism spectrum. Absolutely. Me too. <laughs> Um, but with that comes some executive dysfunction and sometimes I'm just like, oh yeah, I need to like update this Facebook page and I need to like keep people updated. Um, I've been pretty consistent on TikTok, uh, which has been new and kind of fun for me. I just started that a couple months ago. Um, but I always have the handle of Jess Squeaks with all of my social media. Um, I love that. (laughs) Thanks me too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Polajeanfairy will be the website where I'll, I'll post information. It is kind of under construction because I'm shifting from you know the nonfiction to fiction. So I had at one point I was trying to do the book coaching thing, which I just don't want to do. Like I, I want to tell these stories. I'm a storyteller. Yeah. Um, so ignore those until I get my website updated.
0: Got it. <laughs> um, um, the, that's the books, By all means.
1: <laughs> um,
0: and so i I will have to go and follow you on TikTok. I'm kind of a new TikTok user, so okay. I'll be watching and learning <laughs> from you.
1: It's fun for sure. I don't know that I'm any good per se just yet, but I mean, that's that's kind of how life goes, right? You start at something, fail miserably until you kind of figure it out, and then you get better and learn and improve. Um, right, because
0: what would the value be if you were good at it on the first try? <laughs>
1: Right. Uh, I mean, some of my early books, like I'm, I'm super proud of the content of my first one because this was like my college thesis. Right. I worked mm-hmm. really, really hard on that. Um, but I've since learned that, hey, interior design of a book is a thing. So I'm almost kind of like I feel so bad for this poor book. <laughs> like <laughs> I could have done so much better with it because the content is so good. I love it. Cool. Um, but with each product, I've gotten a little bit better and I've expanded my knowledge and my ability so And it,
0: at some point, maybe you'll circle back and restructure it.
1: I want to, actually. I've already got like a cover redesign, a rebrand for those, um, which now I'm not entirely sure that I want to do. But, you know, I, I've already had that thought of, I need to go back and fix these four things.
0: Here's my thought. Ask Em's input.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, except for I'm not sure how much longer I'll have her with me because I I've already started having other people like, okay, good. You're finally here. You're finally like listening to us. Like my turn next, my turn next, my turn next. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, take
0: a number. <laughs> That's a really cool experience though. Really and is. the it, it's an honorable position to give light and life mm. to these people's stories. So yeah. I'm excited to read them.
1: <laughs> I'm super excited even just like finding out who it is that's talking to me like I can hear these voices and I'll get like little like hints and clues I think my next book after I finish this one there are theories nothing's ever been confirmed we have no evidence but at this point it's so hard to tell but there are theories that the Salem witch trials there may have been someone in there with Tourette's syndrome and that's why they thought they were possessed
0: oh wow that's fascinating
1: I don't know who it is yet. I don't have a name, but I know that I need to start researching the Salem witch trials next. Um, So
0: when you come to Salem, let me know, because I'm only a couple hours from there. I'll come meet you there.
1: Yes! (laughs) I love that. That'll be so great.
0: Awesome. It's been so fun getting to know you, and I really appreciate the transparency that you come to this conversation with. Cause I know it's a vulnerable position to be in to share like, Hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Like, <laughs> look at me.
1: Right. I don't even know what my name is at this point. I don't even know how to tell you <laughs> how to find my books. <laughs> I can't tell you the title. I do have a title for this book for Ernestine. Um, but it's going to be Madame M-A-D-A-M-N.
0: Oh, I like that.
1: She had cool. the swearing form of Tourette's, which also like kind of made her stick out as a noble woman.
0: <laughs> I love it. That's, that's fantastic.
1: I did um, not come up with the title. I wish I had, but I know that that's going to be the title, <laughs> whatever I name it. I decide to publish under, whether it's Paula Jean Ferry or J.S. Bear.
0: <laughs> we will leave a link to the Paula Jean Ferry website in the Perfect. show notes so people can find you easily.
1: Perfect. <laughs> Sounds awesome.
0: Great. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been really fun. And thanks yeah. everyone for tuning in. See you next week on witches, bitches, and dead people. Peace and badass magic. Thank you for listening to witches, bitches, and dead people with Jamie Hearn. If you like what you heard, please subscribe rate and review at Apple podcasts or wherever you listen in.